every day that you're here, you've got work to do. You've got something to contribute. You've got something to add to this world. If you're a creative person, if you're a baker, a dancer, a photographer, a screenwriter, an actor, a comedian, a podcaster, and you want to figure out how to make a living doing what you love, this is the show. This is the show. Don't keep your day job. My name is Kathy Heller, and I'm a singer-songwriter. I make a living doing what I love, and I want that for you. This is the show that's going to help you do that and give you not only inspiration, but some real-life strategies. This is going to help you figure out how to take your creative passion and turn it into a profit. Thanks to FabFitFun for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Go to FabFitFun.com and use promo code DREAMJOB to get $10 off your first box. That's over a $200 value for just $39.99. That's FabFitFun.com and promo code DREAMJOB for $10 off your first FabFitFun box. Thanks to Bon Appetit for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Go to bonappetit.com slash getBA and enter promo code DREAMJOB for a special discount and start shopping now at bonappetit.com slash getBA. It's the perfect gift set for the cooks and food lovers in your life. That's bonappetit.com slash getBA and promo code DREAMJOB. Thanks to Elysium for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Go to trybasis.com slash dreamjob and take control of your health and learn to live healthier and longer. Use my code dreamjob and choose one of the six or 12 month subscriptions. Remember that's trybasis.com slash dreamjob and use the code dreamjob. Hi guys, it's Kathy Heller. How are you? I just want you to know how much I'm thinking about you guys and I'm feeling like something has shifted and in such a good way and I'm feeling really grateful to all of you. And I just wanted to let you know that I have completely felt so supported. Um, when I did that Halloween episode on how to overcome your fear, I really definitely felt a little bit scared, which is why I said the things I said, because I wanted to do something that did make me feel uncomfortable because I wanted to be an example. I wanted to actually show you in the moment that I was able to put my money where my mouth was and to be uncomfortable and do something anyway. And I talked to you on that episode about lots of things in my life that have been a struggle for me. And I've talked to you about some of the things in which I think I've been successful in walking forward, even though I'm uncomfortable. And that's great. But there was things on that show that I shared that in and of themselves, I hadn't shared with you since we started this podcast last January. And I just decided to. And it was actually so much more amazing than I thought because of you guys. I got so many emails and Instagram messages and Facebook comments and notes letting me know how much you guys care about me and how, you know, you get it and how proud you were that I was that honest. And it just made me feel really good. And you guys made me feel so loved and supported. And I just want you to know that I really 100% am here to do that for you. And I wanted to start today's show by reading an email that I was so honored to receive. And I asked her, um, the woman who sent me this email, if I could share it. And she said that I could, which was extremely courageous of her. But I just want you to be so clear how 
touched, how honored, how grateful I am that I get to have these connections with you. It means so much to me to read the letters where you guys are letting me know how this show is making a difference for you and how it's reminding you that you matter and that you don't need to be comparing yourself to other people and that you don't need to stay stuck and that things are possible and that you deserve to be happy and that you don't have to earn it. It's your right to be a happy person and that it's not just reserved for a lucky few and that some of you are letting me know that the the wheels are starting to turn and things are starting to click and the fact that I get to have that connection with you is so so priceless and I walk around with like a skip in my step feeling as though I get to help to create this like like think of it like a wave you know at a baseball stadium except instead of just getting up and doing the wave which is already kind of fun We're doing a wave across the world of all of our true essence and we're being brave enough to do those things that really we've always wanted to do. And instead of constantly beating ourselves up with criticism or self-doubt, we're starting a wave of people who say, so what? I matter. And it doesn't matter if there's a million other people doing this. Doesn't because there's enough room for me too. Because if I love this particular thing, whether it's sewing or baking or songwriting or dancing, then it must mean that there's room for me. And we're starting a wave of people who are saying, I'm going to put my heart on the line and I'm going to have the courage, even though it might be scary, even though it might take some grit, I'm going to walk toward what I want. And I want to remind you that it can seem very overwhelming and it can seem miles and miles and miles away. But remember that even the most giant skyscrapers are built brick by brick, piece by piece. Every sonata, every concerto, every symphony was written one note at a time. Every parent was raising their kids one minute at a time. And we underestimate that if you start to show up and you start to dream and you start to brainstorm and you start to make a few phone calls or you start to put up your blog or you start to just create stuff and make some jewelry or put it out there or invite some friends over or post something on Facebook and see what people think, all of that feels so overwhelming. It can feel so like, why even bother? We compare our behind the scenes sort of like rough and tumble messiness to other people's highlight reels. And we go, why even bother? But I'm telling you, brick by brick, minute by minute, action by action, you are going to create something incredible. It's like we are all here to make this tapestry, which will not be complete if people decide before they've even fully gone for what they wanted that their color just wasn't needed. Maybe there was enough blue, there was enough pink, there was enough teal, but it's not true. So I hope that that is a good reminder. And I just do want to remind you that I feel so grateful that you've been letting me in and sending me those notes. It means the world to me. I want to read one of those notes to you right now. And this came from a girl named Jules. She said, hi, Kathy, this is Jules. I started listening to your show and I heard Susan Kaiser Greenland. I quickly started with one quote. I put up a small note on my back door about focusing on the sensation in your feet before you rush out. That helped both my son and I. 
Then, as I heard other little nuggets of wisdom, I made more quotes. These little bits have helped me stay motivated and remember details from the shows. They have been like medicine of a medicine man, slowly working into my belief system. Thank you. I started listening to your show from the get-go in January, and by April, I moved home from overseas to divorce my emotionally abusive husband. Eight years ago, my brother was very oddly like your mom hit by a car, and unfortunately, he did not make it. I knew then and there in the ICU on New Year's Eve of 2009 that there was so much more to the life I was leading. I knew I needed to leave, but wasn't sure how to support myself and my son. I have been paralyzed with fear in that thought. Your podcast has helped me regain the confidence I once had and rebuild my business. It's been word of mouth for 20 years, and I'm now sorting out how to build it exactly the way I want it. I've listened to the Tamara Mellon episode three times, and I'm marketing the only things I love to create, monogram, stationery, invitations, and the occasional logo, anything typography-based, really. It's helped me lovingly hear the voice that tells me there are so many people already doing this, and do it anyway. So a huge hug and thank you. My life is forever better because of you and all your amazing guests. Warmest regards, Jules. So I am so touched by that. I feel so grateful that you give me so much purpose. And I'm just so struck by this because that, that line she says that she started to lovingly hear the voice that tells her there are so many people already doing this and do it anyway. And that is so true. And I'm so grateful that this show can turn up the volume on what you really know to be true, which is you are so powerful and you are so brilliant and you are so enough. You are so enough. You don't even know how enough you are. On the bottom of her email, she shared with me the quotes that she's been keeping with her from the show. One of them was, this is what it is right now. And I love that. Another quote she shared was, once I had hope, I had goals. And that was from Caroline Miller in the episode we did on Getting Grit. And isn't that really what it's all about? Like once we, and I've said before, like once you have certainty of what's possible, when you really get that and you feel that, it clicks like in your gut, you start moving, right? It's like the belief system then dictates the action. And so I love that. Once I had hope, I had goals. And finally, she shared, life can be in pencil. And that was something that I I said. And it is so true. We are so hard on ourselves. We don't make a move until we know exactly what it's going to be, what it's going to look like, that it will be perfect. I already see my five-year-old learning to write and learning to write her letters. And if she if she gets one slightly wrong, she just rips it up. And I said to her, your teacher wants to see that you're doing the work, not that it's perfect. She wants to just see you doing the work and showing up. So you're already doing great. That's exactly what she wants to see is you doing the work. It's about the effort. And on our way through that effort, things do become brilliant. But Life can be in pencil. We can start in one direction. We can realize that we want to go into another direction. We can start with one thing and realize that the thing we really, really dreamed of doing was the third thing that we tried. Why can't we give ourselves enough space and time? That is the gift that we would give to a friend. That is the gift we would give to our own kid. Let's be kind to ourselves. See yourself when you wake up in the morning, like 
Look in the mirror and see yourself at eight years old. Call up in your mind a a picture or actually get one out of a photo album or ask your parents or find one and put it next to you when you wake up and look at that, look at that kid. And as you berate yourself with like criticism and self doubt, remember that kid. Remember that kid who's living inside of that same person who's looking in the mirror and think of how much more gently that person deserves to be spoken to and how that person who really is you has all these beautiful dreams and just really awesome, cool things that he or she wants to share with the world. And you wouldn't want to take that away, right? So look at him, look at her, look at that picture. And then think about if you were giving that kid advice, if you were giving that kid sort of the best of, how would you guide them? You know, when they came to you with what they wanted, would you tell them, oh, forget it. There's already a million other people doing this, or you don't know what you're doing, or it's terrible, or it's not even good enough. Or would you just say, go for it, start. And I think that all of the people who create beauty in the world, they are willing to go for it, even though they might get kicked in the stomach, even though it might sting, they just keep going. And we just have to give ourselves like a big round of applause for being courageous and making something out of nothing. Okay, I want to stop for a second because I want to say something about making money. I was thinking about this and I felt like this was an important thing. Every single week on these shows, we talk about purpose. We talk about getting out of your own way. We talk about doing things that are fulfilling and all of that is true. And so what I want to make sure is is also very clear is that I want you guys to make a lot of money. Okay. Now there's a lot of coaches and podcasts and people out there talking about money and it gives people sometimes the heebie jeebies. And that's why I don't really talk about money because I don't want you to make money for money's sake. I'm not into sales for sales sake. I'm not into to, to money for money's sake, but I do want to make something really clear. A lot of people, a lot of people that I meet in my life, have a very hard time with the word money. They almost feel like there's something that they they have an aversion to it. That money is like, you know, you've heard people say, money is the root of all evil. Um, a lot of people, when I talk to them, they actually start to get really teared up. And they tell me about how when they were a kid, money was the reason that their parents would fight. Money was the source of all the stress. Money is the reason why their dad left. Like these are stories that I hear all the time. Now, why is this a problem? And why do I want to talk about it? Because Money can be awesome and lovely. It doesn't have to be the root of all evil. It could be the opposite. When Gretchen Rubin was here, we were talking about this, and she said, money's awesome because it's freedom, right? Money can give you time. That's what it is, right? And I think that every human being can make a living doing what they love. And if you get to make a living, if you get to make enough money doing the thing that you love, then you could be doing that full time. You don't have to work a day job. So that just makes a lot of sense to me. And here's what I want to tell you about how I see money and how I see people making the most money they could possibly make. If you go back in history and you look at what economics is, the foundation of economics, the foundation of the economy, what drives it, what makes it go round and round, what makes and creates money and opportunity to make money, let me tell you what what is very simple. When someone creates something that they think is beautiful and someone else also thinks that that thing is beautiful and they want it or they want to have it, then they need to have it, that person will get paid. Now, this is really, really, really important to have clear in your mind. So instead of thinking that you're a sellout if you're making money, it's the complete opposite. 
If you are making a living, making something, creating something, doing something, offering something, that's a, that's a sign, that's a direct clear sign that what you are doing serves a purpose for somebody else. It meets the needs that somebody else has. It makes somebody else feel beautiful. It makes someone else feel good so they wanna pay you for that, okay? So the Venn diagram looks like this. At the intersection of you doing something that you love to do, if that leads you to create something or make something or do something that somebody else also needs and wants, the intersection of that is now not just a way that you can make money, but that actually can lead you to your life's mission. Does that make sense? I want you to hear that. So when you think about making money, this really should be an absolute goal. This shouldn't be something that you go roll your eyes and you say, oh, well, yeah, I guess I have to make money. No, 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 no. Listen to what I'm saying. If making money from something gives you then the complete freedom to keep doing that thing and then having more time to get better at that thing and that thing that you're creating or doing is something that makes the world bright and better and more beautiful and more colorful and somebody else comes along and says, those cookies you made, those are delicious. I wanna buy more of those. Somebody else comes along and says, that fashion that you created, I love it. I love those hats. I love those pants. They make me feel so good about myself. I wanna buy more of those. If somebody comes along and says, your photography, it's amazing. I wanna pay you for that. I wanna spend $2,000. I want that in my house because it evokes something in me. It makes me feel calm, it makes me feel peaceful, it makes me feel alive, it makes me feel sexy. That is amazing. So if you're making money, what that is, it's an indication that you're doing something, you're creating something, you're churning something out that someone else is saying, yes, 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 me too, me too, me too. Yes, that, that works for me. That fills something in me, okay? Now, the, the beautiful thing that we can do with our lives, instead of just making money for money's sake, is when we direct all of the energy on trying to really hit it, trying to really hit it. What is the thing that we absolutely love to do? Because I believe that therein lies the seed. If you start to do the thing that you love more than anything, you're going to get better and better and better and better at it. And the world is going to eventually say yes. Now, let me give you an example from our show. So Mandy Moore was here. Mandy Moore is the choreographer and dancer from So You Think You Can Dance. And she choreographed La La Land. And she is an amazing inspiration. And she came out to L.A., she didn't have any money, she didn't have any connections, and she started to audition to be a dancer, and, and doors started to slam in her face. And she kept going, she kept on her path, and she kept going towards it, and dancing, and doing whatever she could to find opportunities, and to better her craft, and to become a better dancer. And she realized that the thing she was really good at was choreographing. That's what she was really good at. And it, she was led there because she didn't give up, she didn't say, oh, the door slammed in my face. Nobody wanted to hire me as a dancer. I'm just going to walk away. She said, no, let me keep going. And she realized that really, really her sweet spot was being able to be in front of a group of people, put them at ease and teach them how to dance. And she was able to come up with ideas and, and choreograph things like no one else. And she came to life. And so she found her niche and she became a, a huge star as a choreographer on So You Think You Can Dance and Dancing with the Stars. And then she got the job to choreograph La La Land. And she is... She's rocking and rolling, okay? And she's definitely being paid to do something she loves. And because she gets paid, 
to do what she loves. And the more and more and more and more she's gotten paid, she hasn't had to worry about any other day jobs. So she can spend all her time getting better and really fine tuning her ability to teaching when she's choreographing, to get more work, to go on more meetings, to to envision new dances just in her spare time, to work on her own craft, her own dance. This is what I'm saying. We need to trust, okay? We need to trust that the thing inside of you that calls to you It's there for a reason. Now, not everybody is born Mozart, okay? Mozart is a genius, okay? There are people who are like child prodigies. That is not what we're aspiring to be. There's a lot that comes sometimes when a child prodigy, okay, the person is is, is talented, they're lucky, and they just hit it out of the park. Those are not the stories. Those are not the stories of people that we look at and go, you worked for it, you honed your craft, you stayed in it. So Beethoven, okay, now Beethoven is a person who really, really worked and and, and stayed at that piano and, and sculpted himself into a master. Okay, now that is so inspiring because we're a lot more like Beethoven, most of us, than Mozart. And a lot of the people on my show, person after person, success story after success story, these people are Beethoven. These people don't know out the gate exactly what they're supposed to do. They don't have it out the gate. They don't make millions of dollars by the time they're eight, opening their mouth or creating something, but they work on it. And at the same time, what I want you to know is that it's not mutually exclusive. It's not that you're either a nice person or you have money. You can have lots and lots of money and be really, really nice. In fact, I've met a lot of people through this show and through my own work and even in my own life, having the experience of being, you know, more and more comfortable, you know, making a living and and the more doors that have opened and the more I've been able to take my kids on nice vacations and stay at five-star hotels and eat sushi when I want to, I realize in myself it's not mutually exclusive. And I realize that when you have money, you can actually be very generous, right? Now, you could also have money and, and, and be a really horrible person. You could also not have money and be a horrible person, but they don't necessarily have to go together either way. Okay. And what I would love to see, I would love to see everybody zeroing in on the thing that they love and not having any shame around making money from it. I hear a lot of people say things to me about when they actually have to put a price on something and they feel so bad. They feel like they have to apologize for asking to be paid for their song. They feel like they they get nervous when somebody says, oh, so how much is the painting? And then they, they hear their voice start to tremble. You know, we have something that we have to get over when it comes to making a living. It's okay to say, This thing that I'm doing is going to add value to your life. You're going to love having this painting because I put all my heart and soul into it. So I do believe it's worth something. When you start looking at, I want to be able to fully spend my life contributing something more beautiful, more delicious, more enriching to the world. And I want to do it through knitting. I want to do it through screenplays. I want to do it through sculpting, whatever it is for you then of course you need, it's a must that you need to make enough money so that you can be doing that all the time. And if you want to really spread that out there and you really want to be a light and you want to be able to do it on the biggest scale, you need enough money that you can have a team and other people working under you. And hopefully you hire people and you inspire them and they stay with you for a while and then they go on to start their own thing. And that's the sign of a great leader, by the way. But the more money you have, the more you can create, the more you can make. And so I need to say this because money is not bad. Money can be beautiful. It's all just how you use it, right? It's all just how you use it. If rain falls from the sky, right? And rain falls on a seed, you know, maybe some beautiful flowers will grow, right? But if rain falls from the sky and rain starts falling on weeds, 
So weeds will grow, right? The rain itself isn't bad. The rain is awesome. It creates, it creates opportunity. It makes things sprout. It makes things grow. It's, it's how you use that, right? And so I want you to change the way you look at it because this, this next year and the year after that, I believe that everybody can live in a place of abundance, be happy, and make lots of money. And in fact, I think you can make the most money that, that, that's possible for you when you really start to get crystal clear about what you have to contribute and what you love to do is the seed of that. So what do you love to do and how can you continue to go toward that and to create a business around that? This show is not just about getting to do a hobby, okay? This show was very intentional for me that it was about finding what you love and being able to make a living from it because I do believe that if you make a living, you'll be able to do the thing you love all the time, right? What do we do most? We, we work and we sleep. That's where we spend most of our time. So my goal with this was really specific. I wanna help you get really clear about what you love to do and I wanna help you turn that into a very lucrative, wonderful, thriving business so that you never work a day in your life. It never feels like a job and you're a happier version of you and you're adding so much value and deliciousness to the world with your colors, with your light, with, with, with what it is that you create. That's what I want. Okay, I just needed to say that. I hope that that's clear and I hope that that starts to like change the way you think about money. And for some of you, maybe that was like right on and you totally knew that and agreed with me. I just felt like I had to say that because there is no shame in being paid and there's no shame in making lots of money and it's not mutually exclusive. You can be a delightful, wonderful human being and make a lot of money. And that's what I find. I talk to people on my show like Bobby Brown who sold her company for like a billion dollars and she just cares about women and she's able to use that money to just help more and more women to feel good about themselves. And it's like, that is it. And it's kind of like this, like if you're walking around and you're happy and and you have money and you're fine and you're not having to worry or stress about money, you're able to just be inspiring to other people that they should be able to do that too. And isn't there enough to go around? Yes, there is. There's enough sunsets. There's enough beautiful hotels. There's enough people able to take walks and eat what they want and read the kinds of books and have the kinds of experiences they want. There's enough for everyone. We just have to stop believing that we don't deserve it or that we're bad if we want it. Because the more you actually have it, the more you can do good and the more that you can spend your time um, really focusing on on doing great things because you don't have to stress and 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 go work for somebody else you can have enough that you can do what you want to do all the time okay just needed to say that Thanks to FabFitFun for supporting our podcast. FabFitFun is a seasonal subscription box delivered four times a year. You get over $200 worth of products for $49.99. Go to FabFitFun.com, F-A-B-F-I-T-F-U-N.com to subscribe and use promo code DREAMJOB for $10 off your first box. That's $39.99 for over $200 of value. Guys, I have no time to shop. There's a lot of holidays coming up. There's a lot of people who I care about. I want to get them gifts. And the FabFitFun box is so much fun. It came to my door. I opened it up. I was amazed and impressed at what was in it. There was this like cashmere wool shawl in there and it was the MSRP was $70. There was a beautiful mug that I'm drinking out of right now. Love that. So sign up to get your FabFitFun box today. Go to FabFitFun.com and use promo code DREAMJOB to get $10 off your first box. That's over $200 of value for $39.99. Again, that's FabFitFun.com and use my promo code DREAMJOB for $10 off your first FabFitFun box. Okay. So with the holidays coming up, we're going to stop for a minute to talk about something that everyone thinks about this time of year, 
food. Whether you're planning a big dinner for family and friends or you just want to whip up a seasonal dish here and there, chances are you're going to need some guidance and inspiration in the kitchen. That's where Bon Appetit comes in. Packed with recipes, trends, and other food intel from around the globe, BA is not only an indispensable resource for cooks at all levels, it's also the perfect gift for people who love food and who doesn't love food. So right now, Bon Appetit is offering an exclusive for podcast listeners, which is great news, because if you're like me, you probably still have some gift shopping to do. Here's the best part. The regular price is just $15 for one year, but for a limited time, you'll save $5 off on a one-year subscription. Plus, you'll get an exclusive Bon Appetit tote bag at just $10 per subscription. It's not only a great gift for others, it's also something you can gift yourself too. Use promo code DREAMJOB for a special discount and start shopping now at bonappetit.com slash getBA. Thanks to Elysium for supporting the podcast. What is Elysium? Elysium is creating a brand new category in healthcare by partnering with scientists and research universities like Harvard, Cambridge, and Oxford to bring scientific advancements in health directly to you. Through rigorous scientific research, Elysium focuses on supporting long-term health. Elysium's mission is live healthier for longer through extraordinary science. Elysium's basis is a daily supplement designed to support long-term health at the cellular level, the one daily supplement your cells need. NAD Plus supports hundreds of biological functions, including energy production, circadian rhythm regulation, which is your sleep-wake cycle, and DNA maintenance. Take two each day in the morning, multiple membership options that bring quality supplements directly to your door. So my experience has been really cool. I feel like I have more energy. I feel like on some level I'm being proactive about my health because I'm looking at things from the seed level. Like how can I just do stuff that's better for my cells, right? And so for me, it's making me feel great overall. Right now, Elysium is giving my listeners their first month on basis free. Go to trybasis.com slash dreamjob and take control of your health and learn to live healthier and longer. Use my code dreamjob and choose one of the six or 12 month subscriptions. Do what I did and go to trybasis.com slash dreamjob and get your first month of a six or 12 month subscription absolutely free with my code dreamjob. See website for complete details. All right, so let's take a listen to what questions you guys had and let's see what support I can give you. So Angela wrote, she said, hello, Kathy. I so look forward to your show every Monday morning. Seriously. I turned my Facebook page into a Facebook group after hearing your advice on your podcast episode. So thank you. I'm now getting into vision boards. See, this is what I'm saying. You start one thing, you get into something else. I want to host events where people can have a place to reflect on their wants and needs to do it with fun. I hosted one at my house this past weekend for me and a friend. I put it out there as an open door, but I feel people aren't interested. But I just know how fun they are. I provided all the materials, canvas, magazines, scissors, glue, even food. I want to host these events and donate half of the funds to a charity or fundraiser. I'm thinking $30 for adults with all materials and $15 for kids with all materials. I did reach out to a local studio. They seem interested and they asked me for details like my price and what materials. I replied via messenger that I would like to chat over the phone and give me a time that's good. I haven't heard back within the past week. Do I message my details over Facebook Messenger or do I call the shop? Thanks for your time. I love this. I love everything about this. I love this. Thank you, Angela. I love that you were inspired, so you started a Facebook group. I love that from starting a Facebook group, you got into vision boards. I love that you took the initiative to do exactly what I'm saying, and it wasn't perfect. It wasn't all fully fleshed out. You just started, and so you invited a friend over and put put it out there that people could come over, and they could make a vision board, and that you would provide the stuff. I love that you want to host these events. I love that you want to give some of the money to charity. I'm definitely a person 
person who donates and likes to give money to charity, but I think that you can also make this into a business and I think that you're doing a service in and of itself, so you shouldn't be afraid to get paid to do it and, and that's it because in and of itself, you're creating something that's gonna help a lot of people, but if you wanna give money to charity, then absolutely. I think it's awesome that you reached out to a local studio. I think that that took amazing courage and that is so inspiring to people listening. I love that they responded and asked for details because it just shows you that people are there and they're open to hearing about another good idea. And so you came with a good idea. You had some confidence. You put it out there. You didn't have to be an expert. You don't have to have written a a book on this. You don't have to have 300,000 followers. You were a person with a good idea and it was simple and they liked it and they responded. And then you said, you haven't heard back in the past week, so should you you message the details or call them? You can do both. It doesn't hurt. They've asked you, why not? And, And also, now that you know they're interested, chances are other people would be interested. Maybe you can do some research and come up with 10 places that you could message or call or email this week that might want to host these. And maybe you can think of other kinds of places that might want to host these. Maybe you can do it for for the school as like a fundraiser and and you get paid a little bit and the school gets paid, but then you start to to meet people that way and people sign up for your mailing list and you say, if you want to create a vision board with me, you know, at the beginning of every year or for every new month, then you can sign up and this is what it costs and there's either, you know, you can pay a premium if you pay it per month or you can pay sort of a a subscription and you can come six months in a row and I'm going to hold them at this night and then you get a little discount because you you signed up to do six months of vision boards and maybe you can do a little talk for 10 minutes at the beginning of these sessions maybe you already do and you can explain why vision boards why do you do these why are they important what are you hoping people will get out of them what are you hoping that they'll free themselves to do even just in the process of making it should they just open their hearts and minds to things that they really want should they just be creative and let anything come and stick whatever speaks to them from these magazines on the page page and then look at it later. And then do you want them to sort of have an assignment that they put these vision boards up and you want them to take some action. And then maybe in the Facebook group, you want people to post what is happening as a result of seeing this vision board every day? What what sort of steps are they taking that maybe they weren't before? What is it inspiring them to do? And if it's just a vision board, that's one thing. But if the vision board then becomes sort of a vehicle for, for them to take some action in the direction of those goals, that would be also amazing, right? So there's so much you can do with this and I love it. And I think you should definitely follow up with a phone call and I think you should reach out to other people. And I think you can you know just keep going with this and see where it goes and come up with a name for it and don't overthink that. Maybe you can go on to Etsy or you can go on to Amazon and you can buy bulk supplies so that you have, you know, a bunch of scissors, a bunch of canvases. Maybe you can come up with a way to, you know, get a bunch of magazines and and, and all those kinds of things. Maybe you can get recycled magazines from doctor's offices when they're ready to throw them out so you don't have to pay for more magazines. Such a good idea. So glad you shared it. Hope that was helpful. Hi, my name is Lauren. I'm 33 years old and I just moved to Nashville, Tennessee from New York City, and I'm a singer-songwriter. I had gotten to a point I had let teaching music take over my life, and I was teaching full-time for the last five years, and I love it. It provides me so much fulfillment, but yet it's not enough. I want to be writing songs, and I want to be that. I want that to be a vital and crucial part integral part of my life and I want to be you know making money from it as well and I want to be back touring so I've moved to Nashville and I'm still teaching I have a handful of students but I've made a promise to myself that I'm going to get my new record released I'm going to get a team behind it and 
I'm going to try and tour it. And so my goal is to release the record in 2018, but I'm just so excited to be on this path, and I would love any other advice, and maybe I could send you my music if that would be possible. Um, Thank you so much, Kathy. Have a great day. Hi, Lauren. Thank you so much for calling. Um, I think that's so inspiring. I love that you just picked yourself up and you moved to Music City. You moved to Nashville from New York and you were just so ready. You're just ready to be taking this on finally. Like you want 100% to focus on this. And I think that that's awesome. Um, I think that, of course, this is possible. By the way, yes, if you want to send me your music, I have a team of people who work for me. I have a couple different things that I do. One of the things that I do is I run a licensing agency with the help of Sonnet Simmons, and we have other people on our team who are awesome, who we do listen to music. So you can send over an email to hello at catchthemoonmusic.com, or you can send it to submissions at catchthemoonmusic.com, and um, and the team will get to hear what it is that you're up to, and that would be really fun. And you can tell them that you um, are a listener of the podcast. Okay, so as far as a couple of things you said, I just wanted to say this. I think that this is such a great goal. I think you absolutely can create a record. I think you absolutely can be touring. I wanna give you some of my two cents. Yes, it's important to have a team, but you are the team, okay? Now, are you going to be able to find other people on the team who can help you? Absolutely. Is that awesome? That is awesome. It is great to find a co-writer. It is great to find someone who's really good at social media who can do that part for you. It's great to find someone who can create the website so you don't have to be worrying about the tech stuff. You can be focusing on making music. Is it great to find a producer? Yes. It's great to find team members, but at the end of the day, you have to be the captain of that ship. You have to be the person who comes up with the ideas. You have to be the person who creates the momentum. So I want you to be thinking about what are the things that you need to do in order to tour? So if touring is the end goal, and you wanna work backwards from that. So you need the songs that you're gonna sing on this tour, right? So I would be writing lots of songs in the hopes that from the lots of songs, I would then pick the few that I think are the best of those that are gonna wind up on this record. Then I would think about, do I wanna co-write these songs with somebody so that they're even better? Would that add some value to the songs? Then I would think about who is the producer who would make these songs the best that they could possibly be? And then I would think about, okay, so if I want these, you know, this record to be finished, let's say in this particular month, working backwards from that, that when does the record have to be finished? Working backwards from that, when do the songs have to be written? Working backwards from that, when do I have to start brainstorming and making sure that I have enough lyrics or enough melodies as a jumping off point to even go into a co-write? Because if this is your record as an artist, you want this record to really be mostly about what you're thinking and what you're feeling. Now, if you're touring, then working backwards from that as a goal, is that really what you want? Sometimes people think of touring as something that it's not. Touring is really fun when you go to different cities and people are there, right, to see you perform. Touring is not as much fun when you're going to different cities and people don't know about you. So then the club doesn't have anybody there to see you. That's really not as much fun. Touring is not as lucrative when there's not a crowd in every city to see you because you're not necessarily going to get paid a lot for those shows. And then you're going to have to find your own means of getting there and staying over, which costs money. Okay. So sometimes I think we need to think about what we really want and then ask ourselves, what is the best way for me to really get what I want? Is it through touring? What do you really want from touring? If you really just want to have the experience of like going to different cities, sometimes you'll sleep on someone's couch, sometimes you'll stay at a hotel, sometimes there'll be people in the audience, sometimes there won't be, but you just want to tour, 
then that's one thing. But if you want a tour and you want there to be people there, then I would say before you go on tour, you need to have something that people have heard about and liked and enjoyed enough that then when you come to a city, they're aware of you and then they can come and hear you play. Now, some people listen to what you know touring is really about and they get really clear and they say, no, actually, that, that's not what I want. I don't really want a tour. What do you want? I know for me, when I really gave it a hard look, I realized touring wasn't what I wanted. What I really wanted was to be able to make music writing music was fun, being in the studio was amazing, and then I wanted to be able to do it again. And I wanted to be able to make enough money from my music so I could just do that all the time. And since I do love to perform and connect, I wanted to be able to get up on stage as often as I could and and connect with an audience. And so what I decided to do was make my focus music licensing. And so when I would write songs, I wouldn't just write songs, I would write songs that I thought were really fun and, and fulfilling to write that also, met the needs of a music supervisor who worked at a TV show or an ad agency who would then want to pay me to use that song in an ad or use that song in a show or in a movie or in a trailer. And so that became really clear to me that that was actually more my goal. Now, when I came out to LA, that wasn't a sexy goal that people talked about. People talked about being on the road and people talked about being a star, but people really didn't talk about from a business standpoint, is that really what it's all cracked up to be? And so you want to think smart, you want to work smart, instead of working so hard. Sometimes people are spending all this energy and they start spinning their wheels and then three years later, they're like, well, I tried and nothing worked out and I was exhausted. It's like, well, before you go down that road, literally, do you really want that? Or do you want to stop yourself dead in your tracks and say, actually, if I'm really, really being strategic and I'm being a business person, because at the end of the day, you do want to be a business. At the end of the day, the business part means you get to do this full time. The money you make from it is what gives you the freedom to do it all the time and you don't have to have a day job. So thinking of it from a business point of view, what you really want might be to just do music or what you really want might be to write songs for other artists to sing. Really ask yourself, what do you really want? Get get clear about it. And then if it really is that you want a tour, so working backwards from that, I would say, Going out on tour before there's anybody there in the seats to see you when you get to Charlotte or Portland or Seattle is not going to be as much fun. So maybe touring is like the third thing. And maybe the first thing maybe is getting those songs heard in different capacities. Maybe when those songs do get in to a movie or that song is in a trailer, you can then go out on tour right after that. You can say, I'm gonna set my goals on, if I'm working smart, and I had a song that was at the end of, you know, I'm using an older movie, but it just came to my mind. If my song was at the end of Devil Wears Prada, and then everybody goes to see Devil Wears Prada, and everybody loves the song, then I can start a tour right around that, because there will be enough ears and eyes that were on that movie that maybe now people were shazamming it and finding the soundtrack and buying my song. Now, an interesting point is that KT Tunstall, whose song, Suddenly I, Suddenly I See, right, she was the big song at the opening of Devil Wears Prada. So her career was born from that movie, okay? And this happens to a lot of artists. And so I had that thought at one point. I thought, you know, that does make more sense. Instead of playing to crowds of four and eight and 12 people, around the country, maybe I should think about getting as many people to hear my songs as possible. And if a song was in a movie or if a song was in Grey's Anatomy, then more people are hearing the song. And then I could start to build a fan base from that. And it's easier to then have your song in a show and have lots and lots of people hear it at the same time when the show airs or when the movie plays than to try to find little groups of people. And that takes a lot longer and it's not necessarily going to happen, you know, as fast. And, and maybe it's not going to happen in the way that I 
I had hoped. So really, I want you to be strategic and be specific. And I want you to think about this as a business and ask yourself, what are the questions um, that I really need to ask? What are the things that are the most beneficial? And what are the things that I really need to spend my time on? Okay. And so I hope that that is helpful and you're going to find amazing, amazing amounts of talent and resources in Nashville. And if you set your sights on any of the things that we talked about, you're going to be able to get there. Now it's just a matter of being really decisive and clear and working backwards from that plan. Hi, Kathy. My name is Willie, and I've been listening to your podcast for several weeks now. Uh, Your podcast is fresh, energetic, encouraging, and creative. I currently work in management for a major corporation, and I've been here 39 years. Uh, The company has been good to me and my family in terms of providing a stable income and reasonable benefits. But in my youth, I was involved in music and enjoyed everything about it except the uncertainty of making a living at it. So I made a conscious decision to seek stability over happiness. Now, uh, I'm 60 years old, I'm near retirement, and I want to rekindle my passion for music. It's been over 40 years since I've played any instrument, and I decided that I wanted to learn to play the guitar. So as a first step, I have taken my first guitar lesson. So far, I can play the E scale and seven different major chords. I feel I'm well on my way to rock stardom. I'm thinking of starting a podcast or a blog for people over 60 like myself to chronicle my progress in becoming a rock star on the guitar. I plan it to be a lighthearted podcast. Uh, we'll discuss topics such as the best places to find leopard skin tights, uh, how many Geritol tablets to take before going on stage, you know, like what to do with adult diapers, you know, when the fans throw them on stage, etc. So in effect, it'll be a forum to discuss issues of importance to those of us starting the retirement phase of life, and that still have a pulse and a dream. Kathy, thanks again for your uplifting podcast, and keep up the great work. I really don't have a question. Just wanted to get that message out to you. (laughs) Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Willie, thank you so much for your voicemail. I loved hearing what you had to say. I think it's awesome. I think it's so cool that you're 60 years old and you're excited about putting something out there because first of all, people are living longer and longer than they ever lived. So 60 is like the no 40, first of all. But the other thing is that, you know, sometimes people feel really frustrated if they haven't like hit their stride or done the thing they really want to do. And I think you're inspiring everybody like you're on the planet. You're here. You're alive. You're good. You're healthy. Let's go. Let's make stuff happen. And that is such a revolutionary idea. But I think there are so many people, my mom included, um, who's actually almost 70, who also is the same way. Like she just started working on her own music and she started working with a friend who's an arranger and they started putting together songs in her key and working on new jazz arrangements. And she's having so much fun. And I think that she's actually said to me a few times, she says it like this, don't you think it would be interesting if you were to do like a podcast about people like me, people like me, ordinary people, but people who were doing stuff that was sort of out of their comfort zone in a later in a later time in their life. And I'm like, you know what? I think this is awesome. The fact that you want to do a podcast for people who are like passionate about guitar and people who want to, who always wanted to be a rock star, but maybe they never did it. I feel like you will find your tribe. I'm curious if you would want to maybe expand that show to be about all kinds of things that people maybe pick up later in their life. Because I do feel, and I mentioned this a few weeks ago, my aunt is an amazing painter and she started painting after her law career, after she retired from law, she started painting and now she's painting several days a week and she's so excellent at it. And I feel like there are probably probably so many people who really have something inside of them that they want to be doing. And I think it's really crucial because I watched a TED talk once on sort of how 
purpose is so important and it's so crucial to our health that unfortunately, um, a lot of times the average life expectancy sometimes is equated with how long people are in the workforce. And when people stop working, sometimes things happen because they just don't wake up anymore with a, with a sense of what they're excited about or wh- where they're supposed to go or what they're supposed to spend their time on. And this is really, really important. It's really important, especially because people sometimes say, you know, oh, that vacation, oh, that hobby, I'll get to that when I retire. I'll do that when I retire. But then they get to retirement and they don't necessarily do it or they don't necessarily have the energy or they don't necessarily feel like there's a place for them. They feel like that sort of passed them by. And what are they supposed to do with their time? Watch TV? Like these are people who are smart. These are people who have a lot to say. These are people who have passion and these are people who want to do a lot. And so maybe it would be so cool if your podcast was exactly what you're saying. I love it. And maybe it was not only about people who are pursuing music later in life, but maybe it was about later in life awakening the things that you always really desire to be doing and how you would just be week after week encouraging people to be putting stuff out there and and it's not about your age it's about you know your vitality and that's a matter of what you how you choose to look at things or or how you choose to show up it's it's not predicated or dictated by your age and that might be really cool to start listening and hearing from different people I actually have a friend Eric Goldfarb who made this awesome documentary and it was on Netflix and it was written about the New York Times and it was all about people who were much, much older than 60 um, or maybe even around that age. But but I think there's definitely people in this documentary who are much, much older than 60 who are like super athletes. And it was such an inspiring documentary and I want to give a big shout out to him because that is so inspiring, right? It, it, it reminds all of us that we have so much more capacity than we think that we have. And I think it reminds people as they get older that it's never too late. Like if you wake up and you are here, there is still such a reason for you to be here. Like that's how I look at it. Like every day that you're here, you've got work to do. You've got something to contribute. You've got something to add to this world. So yes, I love that you shared that with me. I hope that you will send me the link to your podcast once it's up there. And I think that you could do it where you talk on some episodes and then some episodes you interview older people who are doing exciting, interesting things. And then some episodes, maybe you interview people who are like successful, like they're a successful athlete or they're a successful baker or 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 rock star and and maybe those people are doing it later in life and i think that that could be very cool and i think that also would get a lot of attention so thank you for sharing that hi there my name is logan and i listened to your um how to do a podcast uh last week and i loved it it really inspired me and it started making me think of all these great ideas of things that i already have been doing for years but not being able to be abundantly successful at them. But in the process, I've made lots of connections that I think would be great guests on a on a podcast, and I've done some blogging. I'm a yoga teacher in Texas, and I also have a feng shui business. And so I've done lots of different things over the years, but I just feel like I've been holding myself back a little bit. So I guess my question is, you know, how to get past that little hump of fear, you know, that, that not knowing if I'm doing it right, I mean, like, even just getting up the nerve to call you right now was, like, something I've been thinking about for the last couple hours since I saw your live your live show earlier. So um, I don't really know that I have a specific question right now, but I guess I, I have a lot of ideas on how to get it started, how to turn things that I've been doing into something more lucrative and more helpful to the world. But I, I have this little negative kind of thing in my head where, my mom would always say stuff like, you can't, 
do what you love, you know, and you have to you, work is just what you do to make money, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes I feel like that's still in the back of my belief system somewhere buried, and it kind of keeps me stuck. And anyway, that's all I got. Thanks. Bye. Hi, Logan. Thank you for your message. I love what you said. I think you're absolutely right. And I wouldn't listen to that voice that, you know, is in the back of your head. If your mom said to you, you know, work is just something you do to make money and it's not about doing what you love. I agree that that's not true. And I absolutely have also heard that my whole life. And I think that a lot of people, because they're not happy, because they're not doing something that they love, they just sort of decided a long time ago that I guess that's how it goes and that work is just a job and that it's not that you get lucky and you get to do something you love. I so do not agree with that because the people in my life who I know who are so fulfilled and who make lots more money than the people who take the job jobs are the people who go after what they love. It just makes sense. It makes sense that if you're doing what you love, you're going to have more energy. You're going to be more full. You're going to be more happy. You're going to be more driven. You're going to be more alive. And then you're going to have so much more energy to put into the stuff you're doing. And so you're probably going to get better at it. It's probably going to become more and more beautiful and it's going to evolve and it's going to multiply. And so, I would say here's what you do when you're not sure and there's a lot of things that you love you you mentioned feng shui you mentioned meditation you mentioned yoga all that stuff it's great they're all good okay not one is better than the other it's a matter of trying each one trying it try it on you know go to a yoga teacher training see how you feel in that do it for a few days do it for a few weeks teach a class open up your home ask a few people to come over do a few see how it feels Try something else. Tell people you're going to come to their house and and you're going to see what their feng shui is like and tell them to get a fountain or tell them to change this or tell them to put their bed in a different direction. See if it feels like that, you know, you're really doing what you're meant to do. Try it on. Try on a meditation class. Go go take a few or start teaching a few. See how that feels. So it's about trying stuff, right? I mean, this is such a great question because sometimes, like you said, you're like, I don't even know what the question is I'm supposed to ask. Sometimes we get so overwhelmed. There's a lot that's going on that we might be interested in. We're not sure how to be specific enough to even ask the next question. And so what I would encourage everybody to do is choose something, choose one thing and get specific. Because if you're looking at three different targets, you're not going to hit any of them, right? And so if you want to get to one destination, you need to be so, so specific because then your GP GPS can say, okay, you don't just want to go to the Pacific Northwest because then you could wind up in many different places. Give me one specific destination and you can start in Seattle and then you can go to Portland or you can start in Portland and then you can find your way to other places, right? So it's important that we just pick one place so that we can begin. And on the way there, you're going to find many different incarnations of what it is you love until you find the thing. Do you remember Christine Griffin Grimes was here and she is the owner and the founder of French Girl Organics and they are now in every single anthropology. She was a teacher. She was a jazz musician for a while. Uh, At one point in her life, she used to go to farmer's markets and she would um, buy different kinds of plants and then she would make salves and lotions and sell them at farmer's markets. Later in her life, I think she was in her 40s, she went to France and she realized, you know what, I've been coming to this country for, you know, several years and there's something about this that really speaks to me and I want to find a way to sort of put out into the world what I love about France because it's really the thing I'm most passionate about. And so she came back to the States and she started with French girl knits. She was knitting and she was you know, doing French girl knits and she wrote a couple books actually and after a couple of years of doing that full time, she just felt like that wasn't it. And so she went to another direction and she started French Girl Organics, where she started playing with jasmine and plants and she started making perfume and lotions. And that really was it. She found it right then. But she had to start somewhere 
And when she started, she couldn't see French Girl Organics. What she could see was French Girl Knits. And she started with knitting and she found her way to what she really realized she loved the most, which was making salves and perfumes and lotions. And she was here on the podcast. She said she was going to gross a million dollars this year. And she's in every anthropology. And she had to start somewhere so she could eventually get to French Girl Organics, which when that started, started with an Etsy shop. Okay. So start with one thing and really go all out. Go for it. Do whatever it is that you feel like in your power you have some control over doing. Put up a website, come up with the name of a business. It doesn't matter. Don't overthink the website. Don't overthink the business card. Don't overthink it. Start putting it out there. Think about people who might want to, you know, hire you to teach them a yoga class. Think about people you might be able to do some feng shui or maybe you have a class where you just talk about the principles of feng shui and then you see if from that class people want to give you their email addresses and maybe you give people a consultation for 20 minutes, you come to their home and then if they want to hire you to do all of their house and 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 sort of make everything in alignment, they can pay you for that. There's so many ways to come up with a business, but by starting and by rolling up your sleeves and getting in there, as opposed to thinking about it and analyzing it before you begin, you're gonna learn so much more just by going, taking a step forward. Okay, so it's a little messy. Okay, so you don't have it all figured out. So what? Who does have it all figured out? Jonathan Adler started making pots, okay? He started making pots, rollerblading to a studio in Soho, making these pots. He's now making much more than pots. He's making couches and fabrics and he's he's designing hotels and candles and, you know, it started with pots. Okay, so it started with pots and he realized, you know, he's he's got such an eye for design and he he has so much more in him, but but it, it had to start somewhere, right? So... I encourage you to just go for it because life is about finding what you love. And when you do what you love, you set the world on fire. You're the happiest version of you. Everybody around you is inspired. And then something else really cool happens. That thing that you love to do, that thing that you truly have a talent for, when you start to pursue, you find it eventually. You do find it. It doesn't hide from you your whole life. And eventually you hit on it. You go, it's this. And then the world goes, yes, I love French Girl Organics. I'm so glad you eventually had the courage to go find it because I love these salves. I love this perfume. And that's how the economy goes around. And then people start to tell you, yes, this is it. You're on the right path, Logan. This is what we wanted from you. This is what you had to share. And so everybody has something different to share. And some people are going to write books and some people are going to open a bakery and some people are going to create makeup and some people are going to dance, but you've got to begin so that you can find it. And when you find it, you'll make a great living doing what you love and the world will applaud and the world will say, great, that was the thing that you came to share. That was the thing that you had in you all this time. That was that treasure that was locked in there. But sometimes you've got to dig a little, right? You've got to dig to find the treasure. You've got to dig to find that inside yourself. And that might mean taking curvy, different winding roads until we find it. But you don't give up until you find it. And you find it by starting somewhere and starting down that road. I hope that that's helpful, you guys. Hi, Cassie. My name is Maggie. I live in Philadelphia. Uh, I'm 50 years old. And I have, have been an attorney for about 17 years. I am working in a company that someone that you had on your podcast described as a literal prison, and that's exactly where I am. I am in prison. In January, I am going to quit this job and go work with my husband, who sells real estate, and I'm really scared because uh, I don't really sell. I'm not a salesperson, um, but I'm very interested in how you use social media, and I loved your podcast with how to use Instagram. I do have a question about Facebook because I hate Facebook. I disabled my account. I don't have anything to do with it. And I just want to know, is it possible to help build 
my and my husband's new real estate practice with Instagram only. I would love to hear your thoughts on that. So thank you for all you do. You keep me going every week. I mean it. Thank you. Hi, Maggie. Thanks for calling in. Um, I'm happy that you're starting to turn those wheels. Like, I hate to hear people say that they're in prison. Do you hear this, guys? Like, this has to stop. This has to stop. And I think the reason I wanted to start this show is because sometimes it can feel really overwhelming. Like, the things that we know are like doctor, lawyer, you know, accountant, you know, but we forget that there are other things that we can create. And I wanted to bring this show together so that you could start to hear other people from different professions that are sort of out of the box and more like passion projects, how those can become really lucrative. So I'm glad that you're starting to think this way because that is not a way to live. That is the most impractical thing you can do. It is as much as you think it's practical to take a job that that pays you well, it is so impractical to start to feel terrible and to start to feel like you're wasting your time because your time is the most valuable resource you have, right? So I'm so glad that you're, you know, starting to think about what the next thing can be. And it sounds like you and your husband are going to um, go in together on real estate. So that's, that's cool. That's exciting. So I would give you a couple ideas, okay? One thing is, I don't think you have to use Facebook. I think that everybody can pick the social media platform that speaks most to you. And so if it's Instagram, then that's cool. That's great. And I would think about a couple things. First of all, Jasmine Starr was here a few weeks ago and she had awesome things to say about Instagram. And we made a cheat sheet from that episode. So you can go back to the show notes on iTunes and download that, or you can go to don'tkeepadayjob.com and you can find that episode and you can download the cheat sheet there. But I would definitely download it because she had some great things to say. In essence, what you want to do on Instagram, this is really cool. What you want to do, and she said this really well, you want to sort of create like a template of 12 different kinds of pictures that you you kind of have on a loop, meaning they're always different, but you want to come up with like, what are the 12 different images that would really help people know about who you are and why you do what you do that ultimately will help you sell your business and get more people interested, right? And so you don't want to be just like advertising that you're around and you're a realtor. That's not so interesting. But what you want to do is you want to think about what story do you have to tell? What's really essential? to you guys about real estate. What does that really mean to you? Is it about home? Is it about making things more beautiful? Is it about flipping houses? What service? What do you think you add to the equation? And you can tell that story in pictures. And so she talks about coming up with 12 different types of pictures. And then you don't have to reinvent the wheel every single day. You don't have to think, okay, what am I going to post today? And then you just feel overwhelmed. You can come up ahead of time with like the 12 different things. So she says that in her business, what she likes to post one image of the 12 is always coffee. Another image she always posts is a picture of her husband, who's also her business partner, because that's part of the story she tells is that she does this with her husband. You'll see a really cool quote, something inspiring. And and you start to just look through her Instagram and without reading anything, the pictures, you know, say a thousand words and you get a sense of what she's about. Now, something cool, I want to give a shout out to a friend of mine, Michelle Hirsch, who's an amazing, amazing realtor. And I just want to tell you what she does that I think is so smart and so cool that helps her business. First of all, she's exceptionally kind and she really is there to help the person. She's not somebody who's there to get the sale. She's there to make sure that you get the house that you really love and you find something that feels like you or you sell your house for what you think it's worth and she really wants to help. But something else that she does is she thinks about every possible way that she can add value to her community and she can add value as a realtor so that it starts to be more than just, hi, I'm here, do you need me to sell your house? It's like when people are realtors, it's like, why should you choose one person over 
somebody else, right? So you wanna stand out, you wanna add value. So one thing that she does is she helps her clients, let's say somebody is about to put their home on the market, she'll go in and she'll help you stage it, she'll help you figure out what you need to fix about it, and then she'll go on to Facebook and she'll do a Facebook Live video and she'll say, okay, today we're here at this house, I'm gonna show you from the beginning what we're gonna do to transform this house. And she kind of just starts with whoever's watching and she doesn't care if it's five people who are watching the Facebook Live or 15,000 people. She's just willing to put interesting, cool content out and people watch it, right? And so people see her doing as much as she can to help her clients. And then she brings in, you know, oh, okay, I think that we should take out this wall. Before you sell the house, let's see, it's gonna cost you this much money to take the wall out, but then what might that add to what you can sell the house for? And then she does, she's very creative. She's really good at this and she's gotten better and better at this because she does so much of it. You know, you can do other things, like you could add other value where you can say, if you guys want to sell a house, you know, here are things that you should do. Have cookies in the oven or use cookie spray or light a candle, it makes things so different or make sure that you do it on this day. Don't do it on a Wednesday in the night. We'll do it on a Tuesday. I would think about what kinds of content you can be creating. And then of course you can use Insta stories on Instagram. You can put different pictures up and you can start to really think about who's your target market. And you don't want to market yourself to every single person. You want to think about like who is the person who you really can help. And so maybe for you, it's a specific area in in your part of town. And so maybe you start to do newsletters about what's going on in that specific part of town or what you love about that specific part of town or about you know a park or about a neighbor you can feature a neighbor each week and talk about this particular person who did something good or has a cool business but I would think about things like that I hope that that helps and I'm glad that you're going to be diving into something that doesn't feel like a prison I think it's going to be a lot of fun and again I think every business has to do with what we contribute and what value we can put out there and I think being creative and thinking out of the box as opposed to just marketing like call me I'm here to sell your house like that just doesn't work. So I hope that what I said is good food for thought. Kelly said, hey, Kathy, right now I'm debating with my gut over a lot. I'd love to hear your opinion. I feel like I'm skilled enough in social media to take on more than one client. I'd like to charge a monthly retainer between $350 to $500. My problem is I've never formally taken on a client. My current one was just a side job for an acquaintance that transformed into what it is now. Is it reasonable of me to create an induction process, take time to write down what I want my rates to be and what the packages are? I can't decide if the idea is just an excuse to delay prospecting myself to clients or if it's a sound idea. Also, what do you think of me hand-delivering written letters to potential clients asking for an initial meeting? Corny, worth it, thanks for your time. Kelly, it's a great idea. Most people don't know how to do social media and most people are definitely willing to hire somebody to do it. And I don't think that $350 or $500 is a lot if you really can get people results. What I would start to do first is I would see if you can do for like a month, I would ask as many people as possible if they want you to either look at their social media and give them a free sort of advice on how to tweak it or make it better, or maybe you can run sort of like a raffle and gather as many emails as as you can. You can do this on Facebook. You can put up a Facebook ad or you can post it on a Facebook page or different Facebook groups and you can say, sign up here and you can have people put in their email address and you can tell people that you're gonna pick 18 of those people, you're gonna do a raffle and you're gonna pick 18 names of the people who sign up and you're gonna do their social media for a month. Now, I know that sounds crazy, but the idea is that what you wanna start to do is you wanna start to validate that you know what you're doing and you wanna start to get testimonials. You also wanna gain experience and you wanna start to grow your reach. So if people started to sign up for that, I know a lot of people might say, 
oh, she's willing to do my social media for free for a month. I'll give her my email address. What if you could gather a thousand email addresses, right? And what if you could gather even 50 email addresses or 200 email addresses? And then, okay, so for a month, it'd be a little crazy. You'd be working on social media accounts, but the goal would be that you would get some proof, right? You get some proof that you know what you're doing. You'd show results. You'd have fun. You learn a lot by doing it. And then at the end, obviously, if people were happy with it, they could pay you the next month to continue. Or you could show everybody else on the list. Here's what I did for so and so. Here's what I did for this person. You could get testimonials from those people. And then you could say, okay, now you have more confidence. Now you can show sort of like proof and you can say, here's what I'm doing. Here's what it costs. And you can also understand through that process if what you're charging is too much or too little. You can be asking people, you know, would you pay this much money for this again? Would you pay more? Would you pay less? What do you think is a good rate, right? So I would start with that. I think that it's an incredible skill to have. And at this point, you have so much at your fingertips. And by offering to give people either a free consult on what they have going on. Another way you can do it is to say, okay, I'm not gonna do 18 different social media accounts for a month. Maybe that's gonna take too much time. But what you could do is you're gonna say, give me your email address and I'm gonna pick 10 people of the people who sign up. I'll pick a random 10 and I will talk to you for 30 minutes and I'll look at your Twitter, I'll look at your Facebook and I'll, I'll sort of give you advice on how you can make it better. Maybe you offer that. But these are some ideas I have for you and I do think that you need to start to get social proof, testimonials and start getting your feet wet more because you said you did it for one person. I think it's time to do it for more people. And I think that in that sort of giving and doing, you'll not only learn a lot, but I think if you do that for a short period of time, people will actually want you to stick around and people will start to pay you. And then you'll gain more and more exposure and testimonials, and then you'll be off to the races. I hope that helps. All right, well, that was so much fun. Did you guys like this? I wanna know what you want, because I'm here for you. I'm here to support you. I'm here to encourage you. If this was a great podcast, if you want more like this, then great, because our plan is to do this kind of episode, which we're calling like an Ask Me Anything. We're gonna do one of these every month. If you wanna be on the next one, if you want me to answer you, if you want me to give you advice and my feedback, if you want me to give you my suggestions or two cents or encouragement, you also can be on this. You can call in at 323-736-1826 and I'll let you know when the next one's gonna be, but we're gonna do one every month. So go ahead and call in whenever and I'll be picking as many questions as I can. I love, love doing this. Also, if you want feedback, come follow me on Instagram. You can comment there. If you want me to follow what you're doing and see what you're up to, follow me on Instagram at kathy.heller, C-A-T-H-Y dot H-E-L-L-E-R, and then ask me in private message for me to follow you back, and I will. I'll follow you back. It's just that simple. I want to follow you back. I want to see what you're up to. I'd love to be in the know and in the loop and supporting you and encouraging you and liking your posts and commenting on your posts. So follow me on Instagram. I'll follow you back. You can also find me on the Don't Keep Your Day Job Facebook page, and we have a Don't Keep Your Day Job Facebook group. If you want to be posting stuff and talking to other listeners and getting more support, come on over and find us on Facebook. One other thing, because Thanksgiving is coming up and some of us are going to go home for the holidays, some of us are not, some of us are going to have family over, some of us are not. Sometimes holidays can be stressful. Sometimes they can be amazing. Sometimes they can be challenging. I saw somebody post, you know, if you want to know how enlightened you are, go home for Thanksgiving. 
So I know that sometimes it's it's an interesting, tricky time. I wanted to do a Zoom call with you guys. So if you wanna get together over Zoom, Zoom is something where we can see each other's faces um, and you just have to you know use your computer. I will send you a link. If you wanna come and join me, I'm gonna do it on November 21st, right before the holiday. And I'm gonna do this at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you wanna meet me on Zoom and you wanna just check in and talk about what's going on, talk about what's going on with your business, talk about what's going on with your passions, talk about about what it's going to feel like to go home for the holidays and have people maybe weigh in and not be so supportive. Whatever you want to talk about, we can do that over Zoom on the 21st of November at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you want to get the link to that call, then come to the Don't Keep Your Day Job Facebook page or the Don't Keep Your Day Job Facebook group. I will post the link there so that you guys can click on it and join me at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Thank you guys for listening. I love you. I love that we get to do this week after week. If you want to be on the show, call in, come to Instagram, come to Facebook, tell me what's going on. We can just keep having more of a connection, direct connection so that I can be there to support you and cheer you on and encourage you and give you some advice to help you get more unstuck and to move forward because there's so much there that you guys want to do and I want to help you do it and the world wants you to do it. I'm sending you this huge hug. I hope you can feel it right now, like coming through the speakers. And I'm leaving you today with this song that I wrote. It's called Count On Me. And um, I actually wrote this song. I'll tell you the inside scoop. So when I first got married, I was 30. And I was like, oh, I want to have a baby. And I was trying and nothing was happening. And I finally went to a few doctors and they were telling me, yeah, sorry, you're not going to have a baby. This is what's wrong. This isn't working. That's not working. And of course, that was a really low, scary time. And then I just had this thought in my head one day, like, why would I take this at face value? What do they know? And I'll get another opinion, another opinion, until I finally found the right doctor and we went through fertility treatment. And even though that also wasn't an overnight fix, the doctor said to me similar things that I said to you, that that doctor, finally, I walked into his office and he said, you're going to be a mom. Don't worry might take a little time, but we're going to, we're going to find it. We're going to find the solution and we're going to figure it out. And he just put me at ease. And so it did take a few months with him. Um, but then we figured it out. And I remember I had to have surgery. There was something that they needed to fix. And this is before I was pregnant, before I could even get pregnant. And the day after surgery, I was in bed and my friend, co-writer, Kyler England, she was so kind she's like i'm gonna come and visit you and so she brought me cookies and some food and she sat with me and we talked about you know how the surgery went and that you know i was feeling you know brave enough to do it hoping that the surgery would then allow me to get pregnant and she said all right well so great to sit with you and i said let's let's do what we normally do let's write a song she said you want to write a song today you're not you know you're not feeling 100 percent. i said no let's write a song and i said let's Let's write a song called Count On Me. And I said, we'll write it to my kid who one day I'll have. And so we wrote a song called Count On Me. And I'm going to end this show today with that song. But I'm ending the show today with that song because I really want you to know that that's me singing this to you. Like when you need to be reminded of who you are, when you start to not be able to see through the doubt, when things just get too much, I'll be here. And so I thought it was an apropos song to play today. And you know what's really cool? I did indeed get pregnant soon after the surgery. It worked and I was able to get pregnant. 
And what's also cool is that when that song was finished, it wound up being in a couple different shows and movies. And the first one was a scene with a mother and a daughter. And then the second one was a scene with a mother and a daughter. Um, the second one was from a show called Switch to Birth, which you guys might have remembered. And I think the first one was in uh, an American Girl movie with a mother and a daughter in one of the scenes. I think it was in like the McKenna gymnastics one. And then there was another one. Uh, there was a show on ABC called Body of Proof with Dana Delaney. And there was a scene with the main character and her daughter and they played the song, Count On Me. And it was like, it was just meant to be. And that whole story is about, you know, making something from nothing, continuing to go forward, even when things feel completely out of reach. And look what magical things can happen when we're willing to get our hearts crushed, when we're willing to step up to the bat. So I hope that this episode was helpful. I will talk to you guys next week. But in the meantime, come to the Facebook page because I'm showing up there every few days doing Facebook Lives. Come find me on Instagram at kathy.heller. I will follow you back. Send me an email if you want to. I hope you guys have a great week and I'll talk to you on Facebook, Instagram, and next week on the podcast. Have a great day. Special thanks to our executive producer, Tim Street, and producer, Emma Kikuchi. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com. When you just can't sleep, when you're counting sheep, I'll be here for you, I'll be here for you, when you need to talk, take a good long walk. I'll be here for you, I'll be here for you Of all the people on the planet If I had my choice, I couldn't have planned it better than this It doesn't get better than this I can't see